0: Hey guys, welcome back to Just a a Girl and True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. And as promised, I was coming back at you for another episode because of vacation. Sorry if you heard my phone vibrate, I got a text. (laughs) And tonight we're going to be doing the myth or the story of Bloody Mary. We all know the story. We've all heard the story. And I'm pretty sure over 90% of us have tried out the Bloody Mary thing in the bathroom mirror, except for me because I was too big of a wuss to do it, (laughs) and I'm 25. All right. We all know, you know, you played it at sleepovers, other kids dared you to do it, you do it, see if she appears, you know, everybody's done it, except for me again. Well, for people who don't know how to do, don't know what it is or don't know how to do it, I know how to do it just never did it. So what you do is you stand in a dark bathroom holding a single candle and you simply chant in the mirror bloody mary 3 times. It's then said that a ghost will appear sometimes holding a dead baby or other times promising to come after yours which is pretty creepy spooky guys (laughs) that's what i said spooky um while the folklore may be fabricated the woman behind the mirror and the story of bloody mary was as real as can be and a royal figure at that so who was bloody mary Well, I'm about to tell you right now. Well, the origin of the Bloody Mary story lies with Queen Mary, the the first queen regnant of England. The legendary monarch, now known as Bloody Mary, was born on February 18th in 1516. In Greenwich, England, at the Palace of Placenti, I think I pronounced that ro- wrong. The only child of King Henry and Catherine Agon. Agron. Um, King Henry was like whatever whatever number. I'm not so great at Roman. Ruma- oh, Roman numerals is that what it is? Roman numerals it had like the v and the like lines. I think that's 5, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. So anyway. So those were her parents Mary's lifetime to shame over her own feminine fem feminine fem in innatime. You guys know what I'm saying? Feminine stuff, you know. Began at a young age of 17. When her father annulled his marriage to her mother, frustrated by the lack of a male heir to the throne, this left young Mary totally separated from her mother and forbidden from ever visiting her mother again. Which is so sad, because how are you just going to tell Mary she can't go visit her mom because she didn't give you a son, King Henry? What? No. That's not how this works. Well, I mean, maybe in the old times it did, but I'm not sure. The king actually went on to marry his now ex-wives, maid of honor, and her name is Anne Bolin, who disappointed him with another daughter named Elizabeth. Worried that Mary may interfere with Elizabeth's succession, Anne pressed Parliament to declare Mary illegitimate, and succeeded. So she spread lies about Mary, and they're like, "Yep, that's believable." But of course, Anne was later actually beheaded by her husband for treason. But by this time, the damage had already been done to Mary's name which is sad. The origins of the blood. And now we're going to talk about like the origins of Bloody Mary legend. So that was like kind of a little backstory of like Mary's little childhood. I guess since her teen years Mary had been plagued with terrible menstrual pains and irregular I can never say that word right. She had irregular periods. Okay, guys, <laughs> in which um, they would be attributed to her eventual and phys- physical and psychological stress later in life. She was also known to be struck with deep and frequent periods of me launch lie. I think that's wrong. Depressive spells in which she would, um, spells which would stay with her throughout her relatively short life. Despite all the odds and afflictions stacked against her, Mary did actually take the throne in 1953 at the age of 37. And promptly married Philip of Spain in hopes of conceiving an heir to the throne, you know? It's here where the origin of the Bloody Mary legend begins to take shape. Let's flip my page. Starved for love and forever seeking the approval of her father, Mary would repay this codependent pattern with her new husband, whom she was ready to lavish all her frustration, all her frustrated emotions on. Ten years her junior, and in no way excited to reciprocate her enormous feelings, Philip fulfilled the negotiated duties expected of a royal marriage, and two months later, Mary's greatest wish came true. She was with child. How sweet. Despite, Despite displaying all the visual symptoms of pregnancy, including... The swelling of the breast, and an ever-growing abdomen, the public remained suspicious of the Queen's recent good fortune, and it did not take long for rumors of a false pregnancy to start spreading. In a time without pregnancy test in which doctors could not examine a sitting monarch, only time would tell if these rumors bore any truth. Until then, the people of England and Spain kept tabs on Mary with a watchful eye, and they did what anybody did when they couldn't confirm a pregnancy test or proof of pregnancy. They waited. In customary fashion, Mary went into a private chamber where she was confined, confined for six weeks before her expected due date of May 9th. Although the big day arrived, the baby didn't and both she and the servants around her proposed that perhaps a miscalculation of delivery dates was to blame. Now, settling on a new date in June, a whole month later, false reports almost immediately spread around the country. However, with some, with some claiming the queen had delivered a boy, others stated she had simply died in childbirth or that her swollen midsection were symptomatic of a tumor rather than a pregnancy. Despite the word uh, world of gossip growing around here, only one thing could be confirmed. around late May, Mary's belly had actually begun to shrink. Unable to explain or understand, what was happening to her body, she continued She continued to wait as those slowly around her lost hope. June and July came and went as her doctors extended the birth date even further along. By August, Mary finally left the confines of her chamber childless and alone like never before. She believed God was punishing her for failing in a mission she out to achieve just months earlier. At that time, Mary's pregnancy the people Mary's pregnancy the people of England were divided between Protestants and Catholics, okay? Mary determined to unite her people under the true religion of the land took action by signing on an act shortly before Christmas in 1554 that would result in the Marian prosecutions in which an estimated of 240 men and 60 women were sentenced as Protestants and burned at the stake, earning her name Bloody Mary. Queen of England remains one... Queen of England remains one of the most infamous cases supposed... I'm going to pronounce this wrong because I have no idea how to say it. Pestilocycis? Or it's also known as um, a phantom pregnancy. Which, if you don't know much about a phantom pregnancy, is normally when people have a baby like a couple months later they can actually like experience like kicks and everything in their stomach and because I deal with them and I've never dealt with them after my first son after I had my second son I noticed them a little bit more frequently where you get like these like little kicks and they say that is like a I I guess it's not like a phantom pregnancy but they're like phantom kicks Um, So they thought this is what Mary had. She had a phantom pregnancy. And it is a rare mysterious condition. um, Pregnancy that occurs, to put it simply, when a person is so determined to become pregnant, your body can actually trick your own body into believing you're pregnant and you're going to get the symptoms. You're going to get the swollen breast. You're going to grow the stomach you're gonna have the cravings you're um you're gonna miss your period and stuff like that so I didn't go through that I just had like these phantom kicks after I had my second son which was weird but that the thing I just read you can actually think your body can actually trick you into believing you're pregnant because you want to believe it so bad but there's actually nothing there um And my mom, I take this with a grain of salt, because I don't talk to my mom. (laughs) Um, She said that she had a friend who experienced this. And I was like, well, they went for an ultrasound, right? And they were like, she said they did, but they didn't say anything. And I was like, well, wouldn't that give them signs that there's no baby? And she said she didn't know. And her friend actually went into, like, labor, but nothing came out, which was so bizarre to me because if it's not showing on the ultrasound, you would have knew there wasn't a baby in there correct. Hey, that's why I said I take that with a grain of salt from what she said. I'm not saying phantom pregnancies are fake. I'm taking what my mom said about her story with a grain of salt because I just don't believe that that happened to her friend, but each has their own, I guess. Ah, where do I okay. So hence, with the tricks of the body, that is why it is a discontinuation of the menstrual cycle. Another possibility in Mary's case could be an endometrial hyperplasia, often a precursor of uterine cancer. Which can be backed by reports of Mary's low appetite in life. Long history of menstrual irregular periods. Years later, um, Mary then eventually announced for the second time that she was pregnant again. Although this time it was a little bit different. Her husband... Um actually remained unconvinced that she was pregnant with another child because he was probably thinking, you know, you said you were pregnant the first time. You were in this chamber, secret chamber for six weeks, and no baby came. You never gave birth. So when this came around, he was probably like, yeah, this... She's not pregnant. Assured by the signs of pregnancy... She was later confirmed to have, she was actually later confirmed to have entered menopause and yet again did not deliver a baby. Mary then died the next year at the age of 42, presumably of um, that uratine or ovarian cancer. Her name can still be heard today, like I said chanted in dark bathroom mirrors all over the world, all hoping for a terrifying glimpse of the ghost with no understanding of the real story of Bloody Mary. Um, This one was also obviously shorter. Um, I've looked at other things and pretty much were the same thing. Um, Some had a little bit more backstory, but... This one I wanted to be short. I'm gonna upload it tonight, um, tomorrow, or what's today? Tuesday, maybe Thursday. Um, I'm going to be releasing kind of like a true crime and an urban legend mixed into one. It is called "Into the Wood: How Online Urban Legend Slenderman Inspired to Kit." inspired children to kill I actually heard about this story a couple weeks ago it blew my mind um then I forgot about it and then I was like hmm I want to do another urban legend and I was like oh let me do slender man he scares the hell out of me and stuff like that so that's what I did and then when I was researching I found about the two girls and what they did and I was like you know what I can put it as a two-in-one, an urban legend and a true crime, and blend it together since it goes with the story. And these kids believed in Slenderman. So that's what we're going to do. I'm either going to upload that tomorrow or possibly Thursday. And then I'm going to upload one more Saturday. And then Wednesday when I'm at the beach. It'll be pre-recorded. And we'll do our um, Tyler Henley case. And then Saturday, I might upload, I might not, because that's my last full day at the beach, and stuff like that. Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to my podcast, and you know, just supporting me, and stuff like that, my followers. Audience has been growing a little bit, which I'm so proud of myself. I text my one co worker, Houston, and be like, I just wanted to give you an update on the podcast. I'm growing, it's great. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Just a Girl and True Crime. You can send me a Gmail at Just a Girl and True Crime at gmail.com. You can also follow my Facebook page at Just a Girl and True Crime. You can become a subscriber. Um, for the prices I said yesterday, I think the lowest one is 99 cents, and the second one is like 4.99. You subscribe, um, you can get bonus episodes. We talked about possibly making a pa- Patreon account. I'm not 100% sure. I'm probably going to in the next couple weeks start up the youtube channel i have my whole first notebook full of true crime cases and i'm working on my second one and stuff like that i just have to make time like i said i do work a full-time job and i have two kids one is six one is two and a half so it is very hectic my oldest started school last week so he's into a second week of school And I'm trying to get him just into the rhythm of waking up early, going to school. Then I come home, you know, it's like normal stuff. Dinners, baths, brush, snack, bedtime, 8 o'clock. Then I record a podcast for you guys. And then I go to bed and I wake up at 5 a.m. So I try to upload as much as I can. And I feel like I'm getting better since August was kind of wonky and stuff like that, but I do hope you guys enjoy this urban legend, or myth, or story, however you want to look at it, As uh, about Bloody Mary, and I hope you keep listening, and I will be talking to you guys Thursday, talk to you soon!